Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Pete, and we are going to tackle some common misconceptions about corporate America, the business world, and the private sector. But before we really jump into this dialogue, which I'm really excited about today, I wanted to run through a visualization exercise. So if you are somewhere where you can close your eyes or just think through the next couple of things. I want you to picture yourself painting a canvas. There's a blank canvas in front of you and the subject is paint corporate America. Where does your brain go? Where does your brain go? Where does your brain go, Pete? What would you paint on this canvas? It, it's so unfair, frankly, because and this, I know we'll get into it, but it really is unfair because because after being in corporate America for 10 years, like I haven't seen it all, obviously, but I've seen a lot of different things. I mean, I'm still learning for sure, but I've seen a lot of different things. I guess if I was in the military, and this is what I was going to say as we get into the visualization, you know, you'd hope you and I talk to military officers all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much variability in what corporate America is, depending on a lot of times, depending on your upbringing and experience. If you're parents were leaders in corporate America and whatever that might be, then maybe you have a very firm grasp on what things could be. My parents were not, both of my, my dad was a career Air Force person and my mom worked for the government until she retired. And so I don't necessarily know that I had a vision of corporate America other than I didn't know what it was. I guess I would think, you know, Wall Street generally which is right. certainly one of the things we'll talk about, but I guess that's where I guess I would paint, you know, the, the gray skies of or gray buildings of New York city and, or maybe on the floor of the New York stock exchange. I guess that's what I would think corporate America. That's exactly what I would paint too. I, I think, and to your point, you know, if you are close to it growing up and, and you have experience with it, my mom was a teacher. My dad worked for the government. I didn't have a close contact with private sector. Um, growing up. So I would automatically start painting skyscrapers, probably a suit and go from there. And I think the idea behind this exercise is just to kind of illustrate, um, that there are stereotypes that, uh, we think of when we think of business and the idea or the concept of this podcast was born out of, um, I, you know, as Pete mentioned, I talk to military officers all the time. And so I get a lot of common phrases when I'm first just having that initial conversation with an officer. And so we wanted to tackle those kind of head on and uh, try to illustrate another side of the private sector and that it can be so much more than just the stereotype of Wall Street in gray suits and gray buildings. Um, So Let's go ahead and talk about five misconceptions that we commonly get about business. And before we get into it real quick, let me say this. I wasn't planning on saying this, but as you're describing this, some some people listening, if you're a little bit more of a cynical or a skeptical bend, and not everyone has that bend, but some people do, and you might be thinking, well, they're trying to convince me to get out of the military and come to corporate America. There is no, There's not going to be any convincing going on today. 
There is going, the, the intention of the podcast is to be educational in nature based on what we see. Now, what you do with the information obviously is up to you, but hopefully it'll be relevant and helpful information and data as you're, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably considering, maybe considering getting out of the military. So this might be helpful in uh, applying information to your decision-making process. Okay. So misconception number one, corporate America is Wall Street. What do you think about this, this misconception? <laughs> well, so since that was your, if, if we were giving our, um, you know, since we gave our uh, visualization exercise outcomes, which we kind of did on the fly, obviously, I didn't do it beforehand, nor did you, I don't think you did. Uh, I would say that Wall Street in the New York Stock Exchange, you know, I think of, I saw a movie when I was a kid called Trading Places. <laughs> oh, we'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> but I did, you know, there was a scene in Trading Places where it was like, you know, stock exchange and these Wall Street executives and they're, you know, betting on pork bellies and these commodities and they're trading all the time and people are getting, you know, basically people are getting, you know, uh, messed out of a lot of money, I guess. And so, you know, Wall Street, generally speaking, is a sliver, is a minute sliver of corporate America. Sure, it's it's a thing, right? I mean, there there is Wall Street, there is the New York Stock Exchange, there are, you know, traders and investors and mergers and acquisitions and, and private equity and a lot of that. But uh, my, my, in my experience, Wall Street, uh, sorry, corporate America is so much more. So if I were to think about corporate America broadly, I would think corporate America is a conglomeration of thousands or maybe a million different organizations that bring value to something or someone else. Well, let's just start there. What, what I think about is I think about, you know, like think literally look around your room right now, or if you're sitting in your car, like think about every product that's surrounding you, cell phones, glass in your house, ice cream, medical devices, pharmaceutical, regulatory testing, and on and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. In my mind, corporate America is products and services that bring value to something or someone. What do you think about that, Hope? I think that's very accurate. I think that the phrase corporate America can definitely lend itself to the stereotype imagery of the, the skyscrapers and the suits. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if it's helpful to, to say like private sector instead um, and think about it that way. Because or maybe the business world. Business right? world. Right. You're right. I think you're right. Corporate America has this, you know, has the, could potentially have this very negative connotation or kind of has a negative moniker, if right. you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and, and I think you do grow up with, you know, seeing in the textbooks, the, the wall street, you see Wolf of wall street, blah, blah, blah. Um, but business is in the private sector is, I mean, you have a couple of different sectors, right? I mean, you have the government sector, which is where all of our military officers come from. And then you have nonprofit sector, and then you have private sector. So that's, those are the slices of the pie. 
And somewhere, I mean, you're going to have to take your career to, to one slice of the pie or the other. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and then, and then to Pete's point, Wall Street is only a very tiny sliver of yeah. the private sector pie. <laughs> you know, and, and as you're, as we think about, and I like the, the way, I like the way you did that. So, you know, one sector, if you will, government has to do with national and foreign interest and defense and, you know, economic broadening, regardless, depending on how you can see that, but it's focused on policy and protection of our nation, right? Nonprofit, um, it is very, very um, varying or variable. Sorry, that's kind of a weird way to say it, but so much is going on there. Um, and then there's the private sector. Now, within the private sector, you can have publicly traded and privately owned companies. So we won't go down that road. The argument would be, well, Pete, you just said that the business world or corporate America is about bringing value to something, something else or someone else. And can't we make the argument that government or nonprofit brings value in that same way. So there is a distinction, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's where the distinction lies. The distinction lies not, you know, it's almost a by default. It's not government, it's not um, uh, nonprofit. And so so that remains everything else. And, and that piece of the pie, if you were, don't, don't think of three, these three pieces as equal from a, from, a, from a quantitative or a size perspective. Yes, the government is large. Yes, nonprofit is large. But and I don't know what the breakdown is, but the private sector is eminently larger than both of those two things put together, at least in my opinion. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. And just going back to the imagery while you were talking, I was thinking back to the days where we used to do our conferences in person and we would have all, I mean, we have a whole slew of client companies that come through. And, uh, one of the companies that does come through and has been coming to our conferences since we've been virtual, their team shows up in polos, you know, team polos or t-shirts that have like, like the graphic t-shirt on. And so that's just like another visual to kind of combat the idea. And and some companies did show up in suits and and that's great. Like it's an interview process. Like it's, it's formal, it's a formal interview process, but some teams, you know, aren't quite as formal. And so, and that does make up that mix there um, in the private, in the private sector. So I would say if I think about it and well said, I, and I, anyone even, thinking about it that way. And I know exactly what company you're talking about. Um, I would say the overwhelming vast majority of people that interview a military officer, they're not wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. If it's a man, they're not wearing a tie. A lot of times men and women, they'll wear, wear a jacket, right? Dressy business casual as they call it. Um, but yeah. Now the military officer, just to be clear, is wearing a suit by the way, but, and I, I think that's a very important distinction. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, good. So, so that's, that's number one. And hopefully we helped you visualize corporate America or the private sector in a little bit of a different, through a different lens. Um, so misconception number two, um, the private sector perhaps has a lack of collective mission or a heart for service. And I think this is definitely a bit of a hiccup for some officers that I talk to as they're considering stepping into corporate America because they've dedicated their life to service of above self. Um, So I, I think that is 
kind of a hard leap for them to think about, but I, I, I don't know, Pete, like what was your kind of experience? I mean, you had that hard step and, and right. you felt called to surf and then called to separate. So, right. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about that line there. Yeah. I, I would say that getting out of the military, there is definitely a, and it's such a, it's such a complex conversation that we're having on, on this front there, but there was definitely a, a sense that, that I was stepping away from national service. I think national service is an important component for many people. I think it, I think it's important to our nation broadly. Um, but there was a sense that I was stepping away from national service, but I, but I never felt like, Oh gosh, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I, I have lost my purpose. I have lost the meaning in my life. You know, I went to go work for Johnson and Johnson and their medical device business. And so my, I was in the business development side of things. And so my job was to help surgeons learn about new products, innovative products that can help people, their patients through surgical procedures and operations. And I'm convinced, I am convinced that the convert, the many, many, many conversations I had with surgeons during that time um, absolutely enhanced people's lives. Now, I didn't wake up every day thinking, you know, service and improving people's lives. I was thinking about where my business was going. But I always had that underlying, just like in the military, by the way, when I, when I woke up in the military, I wasn't thinking like national service, you know, honorable, noble. I was thinking, okay, we've got a mission. I've got to make the SP time, whatever, whatever I might be thinking about at the time. So, you know, waking up in a tactical mindset. But I think that there was some, some of that as well. And there's an and here. When I got out of the military, I was active in my church. Still am, not when I was, but certainly at the time I was active in my church. And there was, I, I had the opportunity to involve myself in many community missions. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a part of, and still is a part of who I am as a person. And then the last thing I was able to start a nonprofit in Dallas, Texas, um, called the Cornerstone Assistance Network. And we brought value to families in need. And so there's just so many ways to find value in life and serve in life and be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I'm not saying, therefore, you must not, you know, see the military that way. Some of you may listen to this and say, I don't want to get out of the military because I don't want to lose that. And, and I would understand that. Uh, I, I guess my point, though, and I'm glad you asked it the way you did, Hope, is that there's just so many ways in life to serve a cause and a purpose bigger than yourself. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not like you step out into the private sector and you automatically lose that. I mean, there's so many ways for you to get involved with your community, um, serve um, in that way. And, and I do think of like different companies that we work with and just even here. Um, so I work remotely for Cameron Brooks out of Auburn, Alabama, and um, I play music around town. And my buddy and I actually played a benefit on Wednesday night that a realtor group put on and the proceeds of this event went towards uh, a local kid who, who has cancer. He's about to turn seven years old. His name is Mason. And so they, you know, they're private, they're private sector, you know, they're for profit, you know, selling houses and things like that, but their business allowed them to connect with the community in that way and give back in that way. So I think that is a very real example that I experienced this week um, of that ability to feel purpose and, and passion um, in, in your life in a, in a different, in a different 
Avenue. I was having a conversation with a lady who is going to attend our August conference. This was uh, late last week. And, um, and she, we kind of got down this road and she wanted some perspective on perhaps some of the companies based on her background, based on what she told me she was interested in, some of the companies that, um, that she may interview with, or that, you know, we were kind of retrospectively looking who could she have interviewed had she come to our previous conference, because that all, all, all that data is set. So I kind of retrospectively matched her to companies. And I intentionally, you know, didn't consider is this going to bring you value or not? Because the bottom line is, I don't know what's going to bring someone value and purpose. So I literally matched her the way I would have. And she responded and, and it surprised me a little bit because she, some of the companies that she responded with don't have this kind of obvious natural service. You mentioned this one company though. She says, I, I actually frequent that company all the time and I know about their culture and they're important. They put dog parks in their sites and like she went overboard on things that I didn't even know about as it relates to this company. And so the idea that I could predict what I thought she would find value in is a fool's errand because I think we all find value. And I think that's one of the values of doing the type of search that we offer. And so I, it's not a sales pitch, but it is, the, it is the truth. We offer a broad search in order to explore a lot of different industries, companies, and career fields because I can't tell you what to value, nor can you tell me what to value. And so exploring these things together. I do want to say one more thing, and I want to turn it back to you, Hope. Yeah. If you think about Cameron Brooks, and some people, a lot of people probably don't think about this us in this way. Some of some people probably may think about us in this way, but we are a business. We are a privately held, which means we don't offer publicly traded stock. You can't go buy stock in Cameron Brooks, privately held um, for profit meaning we're not a government agency and we're not a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, that means that we rely on revenue in order to, in order to run our business a professional services firm, which means we don't, um, we don't make a product, we provide a service. So we're a privately held for-profit professional services firm. And we serve two groups of people, military officers who desire to do the type of search I just described and companies who want to, uh, interact with some very high potential military officers. I I hope you don't, I know you won't think this is a stretch. I hope those that are listening don't think it's a stretch either. When I get up every day, I don't think how noble the work that I do is, but occasionally I think how noble it is. And I think about it when people reach back to me, which they often do, they probably do to you as well, Hope, and tell me how satisfied they are relative to what's going on in their life right now. And that makes me extremely happy. There is nobility. Again, I don't wake up thinking I'm going to be noble today, but there's a lot of nobility in what we do. And I'm you know, not trying to break my arm here, patting myself on the back. My point in all of that is there is a lot of nobility in what, what's going on, and it doesn't have to be in the military. Right. Exactly. Um, and before we pop on to the next misconception, I just thought of... This was back in 2019, but Pete and I had made a trip down to Fort Benning and we were meeting with uh, an officer who we had, this was our third initial conversation with him. So he wasn't in the program. He was still in deliberation phase. And I think he just really struggled with this. And so we had gone back and forth on like the sense of service and, and the mission and, and what does that look like in corporate America? And I think eventually it boiled down to 
well, why do you even want to get out in the first place? You know, what is your why for wanting to make that transition? And I think for him, to Pete's point, like this is supposed to be informational in nature. And and we really reflect a lot um, with officers we talk and speak with on like their why for getting out. And I think for him, the service orientation and the mission, and he really felt like his calling was government service. And so, I mean, to him, kudos to him for just even wanting to explore the private sector as a potential option, as an avenue for him. But I think we eventually got to the point where we were like, I think your calling is to stay in the military. Like, I am not sure that this is the right path for you. And he was super open and honest and very transparent communicator with us. And, and I think we, at least I am still talking about this conversation like years later, it obviously impacted me. So I have no idea where that guy is today. I hope he's still loving his career. Um, but I do think, you know, you have to come back to your why, like, why are you considering you know, a step out and does that align with like long-term career goals and your passion? (laughs) So anyways, just a, another data point, I suppose. Yeah. And and if I may, just one sentence or maybe two. And so, you know, I keep coming back to, you know, the, the idea is not to convince you to get out of the military. As a matter of fact, if your calling is in places other than corporate America, please pursue and I'll, I, I can even help you figure that out. Doesn't have to, you know, if we if we were to ever if we haven't met yet and we were to ever speak, the intention would be to help you determine where that's at. Okay, misconception number three, and this kind of ties in to some other points that we have been making. But uh, I hear this phrase a lot from officers that private sector kind of has a make a buck mentality. It's all about the money. Do you hear this often in your conversations, Pete, or? Probably don't hear it as much because of where I'm sitting, right? I'm down. My conversation is a little bit downstream of yours. Mm-hmm. And so my suspicion is when you're having that conversation, there's there's kind of knowledge shared. So I guess I, I may not hear this one as much, but certainly what I think about this misconception, it's a kind of this underlying cynicism or maybe skepticism of, mm-hmm. of what corporate America is like. You know, it's a guarded approach to, you know, if I'm not careful, I'm going to get taken advantage of. And, and some of us have been taken advantage of before. Maybe, you know, you clicked on, uh, you know, like a deal that was too good to be true on the Internet or you walk past some kiosk at a mall and they're like putting on the pressure. Right. And so it's like we naturally build up these walls of of skepticism in order, in my mind, at least in order to protect ourselves. And so maybe kind of there's this underlying theme, you know, just simmering under the surface of now nah, this guy's this people are just trying to make a buck off me. Yes, I definitely, I definitely feel that underlying. And I think that comes from not quite knowing, or maybe not having the exposure to, to different aspects of the private sector that aren't just about like a make a buck. Because if you think about Wall Street, it's literally trying to make money (laughs) out of thin air. So, but um, onto the, like the next point, I mean, money generates the business and obviously you have a collective mission behind it, right? Like if you, like we are, serving military officers, you have 
Bluebell Ice Cream Company based out of Texas. I mean, they are making people happy by the selling delicious products. Amen, but... sister. They're making me happy often. Probably know, too much, actually. Cookie <laughs> is the best ever. <laughs> um, but, you know, they have to generate revenue to keep it going. Um, one day, you know, if we want to be ice cream testers and Bluebell is listening to this, we volunteer. <laughs> so, but anyways, it just... It is what it is. You do need the revenue. And I think that even still matters if you're looking at nonprofit organizations as well. Um, Hold on. Hold on to that thought. I do want to talk about nonprofit, but think about this. For those listening, think about this. Um, Think about this equation. Revenue minus cost equals profit. That is money coming into the organization minus paying your bills. And then whatever's left over as a decision maker and organization, you get to choose what do we do with this money. But the bottom line is profitability equals lifeblood or sustainability. Mm-hmm. If a company company makes less money than the bills that they pay, that company will cease to exist. So it is a necessary component of corporate America. It is a necessary. So when I think about my military experience, what was the necessary component? It was readiness in order to, and there's a lot of reasons to be ready, but hopefully ready to do something we never really quite have to do or do very often. In corporate America, if a company is not profitable for a sustained period of time, that company will go away. It's the bottom line. But I think I think where the cynicism comes in is oh okay you're you're trying to make all this profit and you're going to um, and you're going to give it a, you know keep it all for yourself you know we you, if you follow the news you hear about you know wealthy CEOs or whatever it might be but if you think about broadly corporate America profitability allows a company to pay its employees to repay the bills to reinvest in the business that's either develop new products or create new infrastructure or whatever it might be. It allows companies to donate to charity and nonprofits. You talked about doing the fundraiser not too long ago when I worked at um, my first company, Johnson and Johnson, I spent a week in new Orleans after hurricane Katrina under on J and J's dime. I went down with my team and we stayed in the hotel, which wasn't free. We ate food that wasn't free, all paid for by J&J in order to help rebuild a devastated community. And so if Johnson & Johnson was not a profitable organization, and I said, you know, hey, I want to go help with Hurricane Katrina, they'd say, great, use some vacation days and use your own money and you can do whatever the heck you want to do. But that's not what happened. And so I think it's important to appreciate profit is not an ugly word. It is the lifeblood and sustainability of what an organization is allowed to do. Now, do CEOs make money? Yeah, they're, they're ultimately responsible for if the company is going to grow or not. And so, um, so, yeah, and if you're interested in that, work your way to CEO. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, tell me your thoughts on that. No, I think I think that's a great example of bringing in um, your ability to to serve in that way um, from you know going down to New Orleans and and spending some time there to help 
after Hurricane Katrina. Um, but I think the bottom line is money, money matters and it matters everywhere. All right. Um, it matters in the government. It matters in nonprofit. I mean, you have to raise funds somehow like development. Um, yeah, it matters in education. You know, I live in Auburn, Alabama. There's a huge development part, part of the university. And then it just, it matters, um, here, but it's, it's not like out in front, out in front of you all the time, like the make a buck mentality. So it's, it's, I mean, you can only live off of the make a buck mentality so long before just burning yourself out. I mean, you have a company mission and and you're working towards a collective goal. So, um, that's definitely a common misconception that I hear fairly often. Um, so number four has to do with career fields, these misconceptions, And I had a conversation with a woman who told me an officer that told me, oh, I'm not interested in finance. I want project management. And so I asked her to, to clarify on what exactly she meant with project management, because construction project management is a little bit different than what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I think, I think she was kind of caught on the idea that business was just finance and investment and sitting behind a desk. And so um, I, I, this was my favorite misconception to tackle because there is so much out there. There are so many different jobs that can be hands-on, not behind a desk that like program management opportunities. I mean, Pete, you are, you just finished matching June. We're heading into August. I mean, what sort of job titles and can you speak to? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't, I don't, Caught me off guard here. I'm not ready to ro- roll down oh, that okay. list yet. Sorry. Oh, um, I can look it up as we're chatting though. But but I think as you're describing it, um, what I hear all the time, wh- well, I just hear a lot of misunderstanding about what things are. When I when someone says manufacturing, they think, uh, you know, steel mill, dirty, dusty, generally. Not everyone, obviously. When people think sales, they think high pressure. When they think business analysis, they're going to be stuck in a basement uh, at a desk with a, with a fluorescent light and a computer and don't come out until you look at all these numbers. Nothing could be further from the truth in terms of the roles that we see and represent. The roles that we see and represent are like being officers in the military. It's leading people. It's managing programs. It's solving problems. It's collaborative. It's cross-functional. There's so much going on, but to use a to to take a name like business analysis or sales or manufacturing, whatever it might be, and there's so much more than that, but whatever it might be, and say, oh, that is X, I think is is a is a mistake. And it's a mistake that people make all the time. And it's funny, they don't usually make it in other parts of their life. Usually, if something's interesting to you, you're gonna like, well, let me go figure that out. But you know, oh, you know, sales is X or business analysis is Y. And so I guess as Hope said, there's just so much, there's way too much out there. I was, I was, I was actually reporting and recording another podcast yesterday with, uh, with Quentin Cookus, who will, that episode will come out before this one. So you can go back and find ep- the episode with Quentin Cookus, but he was in this program for two years. When he came to Cameron Brooks, he was a Marine Corps logistics officer. When he came to Cameron Brooks, he was, he knew he wanted team leadership. Mm-hmm. And when he came to the conference, he knew he wanted sales. 
And he ultimately chose a business analysis. He interviewed for team leadership, wow. interviewed for sales. He chose business analysis because, because there is an, not infinite, but there's so much nuance, even within the different career fields. There's just so much nuance that people can explore and describe. So, you know, now if you say, look, my, my mom was in finance, my husband or wife's in finance, I don't want finance. Well, it sounds like you know what it is. So it sounds good. Let's not, let's not explore the finance route. Like sometimes you know exactly what it is, but I would say the overwhelming vast majority of people that I talk to don't have a grasp. And there's so many on what things might be. And so many conversations I have, you know, I, I hear like, well, I'm not interested in X. I was like, well, why don't you read this book or explore this idea or kind of do this research and let's talk again. And the next conversation is almost invariably, I didn't know it was that. And I don't mean to say, so therefore, I'm definitely going to change your mind. I think what I'm trying to say is there's a lot out there, more, more than you may think. Right. Yeah. And I think it is easy to think, you know, business. Um, I mean, you think automatically you go back to college and you think about business majors and, and accounting and and um, business management, things like that. Right. Right. Um, or at least that's where my brain would first go to, but beyond that, to your point, there's just so much more out there that you can do that falls underneath the business umbrella. Right. Um, I'm just looking at like sample positions from our June career conference. And, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I want to see this list, it's, it's on our blog. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking about digital project manager, area service manager, field process engineer, um, let's see, associate brand manager, group facility administrator, plant manager, IT project manager. I mean, it is supply chain operations leader. We just have a whole slew of things and, and the list goes on beyond that, but it's it's so much more than just, you know, clicking away at a computer um, behind a desk. So that's, that's the point I wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And it, it, it's probably, I don't know where this misconception, I mean, I know this is misconception number four for us, but I would say that it's probably the one I hear and, and speak to and, and help officers with the most. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So just get curious. Keep, keep doing your research. Well said. Well said. Stay curious. Stay curious. Okay. And number five here, our fifth misconception is um, I hear a lot of worry or concern that the pay and benefits aren't as good as the military if you were to step into corporate America. And I don't have firsthand experience with this because I've only ever worked in the private sector, but I feel like Pete, you could speak more to, to this. Yeah. Yeah. My, and my experience was a little bit unique because I did cho choose to go into a sales role. I, um, I interviewed for team leadership. I interviewed for business analysis and I interviewed for sales and ultimately chose sales. And so my compensation, um, I'm going to, I want to be careful here. It was significant for the first couple of years, significantly more than I'd ever made in my life by a long shot. Because a lot of my comp, not all of it, but a lot of my compensation was based on my results. Mm -hmm. um, I would say outside of the sales realm, what we typically see 
or, you know, let's just kind of use the six or seven year officer, which is kind of the middle of the curve for who we typically partner with seven year officer. I would say salaries are commensurate with your level of leadership or maybe a slight bump salaries that includes base base salary um, and year end bonus. And that doesn't include healthcare, retirement benefit, which I'll talk about here in just a second. I think the difference though, between the military, and this is not a derogatory way to describe it, but the military very much is a conveyor belt based on a time and grade, time and service um, structure, right? The longer you stay, the, the more money you make in a very linear way you can, and it's not completely linear, but if you go, it's linear in terms of when you get promoted and how much you make. Whereas corporate America is very much a runway based on performance. And so what I tell people all the time is you're not gonna step back. You may, financially at least, you may step to the side or slightly step up, little bump, but I think the upside is dramatic relative to, uh, relative to the linear progression, time and grade, time and service of the military. Now, there's other things involved. So healthcare. You work at a company, you're going to contribute to healthcare. And there's lots of calculators you can find on the internet to figure out what that might look like for your family size and what. But in my experience, the level of healthcare that I appreciated outside of the Army, now this was 20 years ago, but the level of healthcare that I experienced outside of the, the Army was significant. And just to use the example of my wife giving birth, we have three children, one of, one of whom was born in the military when I was in the army and, and two of them were not. And I'm not gonna go through the, that experience with the army. Uh, it, was, um, it, it was different <laughs> in a significant way. So I believe that healthcare is at least, I mean, cause I'm, you know, N, N equals one. So like everyone has their own experience. Healthcare is at least on par with the military and TRICARE. I would say, in my own experience, at least significantly better, but, you know, that, that's a part of it. Now, as it relates to retirement, 401k is typically the way, and that's not the only way to do it, simple IRA and other ways are doing it, but 401k means companies pay a matching percentage of your contribution to your retirement. So, I, I would say at a baseline minimum, when you step out of the military, you will see commensurate. I think there's there's this other thing going on, though, in terms of long-term incentive, stock options. So that's not the only way you make money in corporate America. It's probably the only way you're going to make money, by and large, for the most part. We do see options and some other things. But I think the more you're in the business world and growing in a company, the more access you have to LTI, that's long-term incentive, uh, stock options, and other ways occasionally you'll see like Johnson and Johnson just reinstated their pension plan. So you'll see other ways that companies, tools that they use from a compensation perspective in order to retain some of their senior level and, and high talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about that. And I do think it, it can be scary because, um, you know, obviously you need to set yourself up financially to make sure that you are okay and your family's okay. And then also, I mean, healthcare, that's a very important part of it. Um, so I do, I do think there is a level of support, although it's, it's unknown when you're stepping out, 
there are support systems in place. Once you do get to your company, there's someone that's in charge of helping you figure out which plan is right for you. And you can do your re- own research. And so like, you're not going to fall through the cracks, right. you know, <laughs> if this is important. The other thing, you know, I wasn't thinking about this, but as you're saying, the other thing I hear all the time is, you know, is there, is there going to be healthcare when I get out of the military? And in the decade that I've been doing this, I have never will, and nor will I ever, because we would never invite a company that doesn't offer healthcare. I have never seen a company not offer comprehensive healthcare benefits to you and your family. So that question, though viable, if you're, you know, let's say you're uh, the the sole provider in your organization or in your in your family and your spouse, if you're married, doesn't have access to healthcare based on his or her job. Um, you can rest assured that the companies that I'm thinking about, at least, and that we partner with certainly offer comprehensive healthcare benefits. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good point too. Me, lots of years of experience. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, <laughs> briefing sheets on different opportunities. Yeah. I'm the junior guy, by the way. You can ask <laughs> any person more senior than me, which is everyone else. And, uh, and they'll say the exact same thing. Right. Exactly. Okay, so that kind of wraps up our five misconceptions about business, and we hope that this was helpful and that you start to think about the private sector through a different lens and come out a, a different way. So if you you do have questions and you want to follow up on a point that was made today, please, please, please reach out to us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to further discuss. But um, before we kind of wrap this up, Pete, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Well, I know that you and I chatted about this as we were kind of going through this, uh, preparing for this. And so there's a little bit of bonus content. This is what Hope called it. So I really like the way she said it. A little bonus content. Because um, it doesn't quite fit with the misconceptions, but, but it was where my mind went as we were wargaming and talking about this podcast. You know, one of the things I hear all the time is my background my military background isn't good experience for the business world. My military background, you know, I'm a, I'm an army field artillery officer. Like what does that have to do with corporate America on the surface? I would say, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess there's logic in what you're saying. Um, Now, if I look back at Cameron Brooks over the last 50 plus years of helping military officers move to jobs in corporate America, I would say there are literally thousands and thousands of data points that would say the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so what I say to people all the time is consider your experience as it relates to the three P's, people, problems, and projects in the military. And this is the bridge. This is the bridge. If, if, if you're only going to build one bridge between your military experience and corporate America, and there's other ways to build these bridges, but if you're going to build literally one bridge in your experience, it's the way you lead people. And it doesn't have to be people who report to you. It can be, but it can be your peers. It can be your bosses. It can be people outside of the organization. But the way you lead people, the way you solve problems, what's a problem in corporate America? A problem in corporate America is something that's preventing the organization from performing at its optimal or ideal level. And in that sense, you solve problems all day, every day. And then projects, what essentially is a project? Given a task with a defined end state in order to meet the mission. And in that way, you lead people, solve problems, and manage projects as a military officer all day, every day. So at a minimum, your background relates in that way. And that would be the foundation for the bridge that we would build 
in making the move from the military to corporate America. So I didn't want to add that. I know it's not part of the misconceptions, but I think it's an important point. It's where my head goes, as I said. So I appreciate hope you allowing me to kind of go down that road. Of course. Well, we hope you enjoyed that bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> Essentially, if you want a space in the private sector and you and you feel like your career is calling you elsewhere, there is room for you and we can help you get there if you want our help. Well, even just explore if it's right for you, right? A little yes. stuff there. Is it right for you? Are we, you know, yes or no? Are we a good fit for you? Yes or no? There's a there's a lot of options. And so what we say, and I know Hope says this all the time, as do I, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. We, 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 let's have an exploratory conversation to determine if this is right for you. So um, Hope, thank you. I'll let you land the plane. So I appreciate you setting this up and having this dialogue with me. I really enjoyed kicking around the concepts and topics with you. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for listening to our conversation today. Um, If you enjoyed this episode or you feel like you have a buddy or friend or colleague who would benefit from listening to this podcast episode, please share it and please uh, like us and give us a rating on Apple podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform you, you listen to podcasts on that super duper helps us. Um, But thank you so much again for listening. Make it a great day.